everybody. Good evening. It's good to have you here on a Wednesday evening. It's hump day. First hump day of the new year, of course. In 2020, 2020, 2020, 2024. January 3rd. And I welcome you here to the studio, to Studio A. I think tomorrow night we're going to be live from Studio B. Tonight's guest is Corey, Corey Diggs of Corey'sDiggs.com. Her link is in the description. She is a prolific independent journalist, and it's been a very long time since she's been on the show. Uh, Some of my favorite episodes are with Corey and Sean from the SGT Report. We have that group call, and we just uh, talk about things, and it's usually really really awesome. But uh, tonight we've got Corey on in the early goings of the new year and it's going to be great because she's been, you know, she's just been doing her thing, kind of laying low. And I think tonight is the first time she's doing any kind of media, including any personal media. She has her own podcast and um, I think she's just been chilling out for a while. So I am very, very honored to have her on tonight. Tomorrow night we've got Jason Burmis that's coming back on the show. And I am choosing tomorrow night to just do that from home because I have a third, a small third screen to try out. That's going to be my guest screen to be able to mimic all the kinds of capabilities I have in front of me right now. So I'm going to be doing that with Jason at home tomorrow. And that should be really cool because maybe about five to seven minutes ago with all of the headlines and all the tweets started going out that... Uh, the Jeffrey Epstein documents were just unsealed. So as far as as far as our reasonable expectations of what the hell is going to be in all of those, what's going to be revealed that's new, what's going to be revealed that's um, old, I mean, what what the extent of it is going to be, what's missing, what should really, you know, what would really make a good release, we'll be able to do. I'll just set... Jason Burma's free on that one tomorrow night. I'm sure it'll be very, very fun. So don't worry about it. If we're not covering this as breaking news tonight, give us 24 hours, and uh, and we're going to have a, a lot of fun with that with a really, really good guest who knows what he's talking about. So that's what we have going on for the next couple of nights. And then, it, then all of a sudden, it's Friday. All of a sudden, it is Friday, January 5th. And then comes a snowy weekend over here in New York, but not before I get here early on Saturday morning with Mike to start tearing this place apart and installing some new technology and uh, and starting another early part of the year, first quarter metamorphosis, which I love doing upgrades in the early parts of the year. It's very hard to do anything significant during the holidays, but that's what we're doing. All right, so uh, welcome aboard. I also have a book club uh, announcement to make. So next Monday, January 8th, this Monday coming up, January 8th is our first book club meeting for the title, Lucifer's Hammer. I would love for you guys and gals to jump on this. It's available in audiobook. It's available. You can probably find a free PDF all over the internet. So, I mean, as far as being a part of it, all you got to do is become a sponsor. You go to Subscribestar, you jump on for $5 a month, and you get all the links for not only that, but all the Sunday streams and everything else coming your way. And read read along with us. Do it. It's going to be great. We've got great books that we're reading this year. And the best thing is that we're going to be starting those book club sessions at 9 p.m. Eastern time, so it's not going to cut into, quite frankly, anymore like it did before. So you're going to have even more, quite frankly, 
uh, fun, and there's not going to be any overlap. So um, go ahead and do that. Uh, anyway, book club is going to be on the 8th, and for those of you who already have the book, this is what you're reading. From the start of the book, right up until you uh, you reach the beginning of the chapter that is titled May, as in month, like the month May. It, it Lucifer's Hammer does not have numbered chap- chapters, uh, and I'm going to make the official thread soon, so um, that's all I have. Another thing there, too, which was a request by a couple of audience members. Uh, a, couple of, a couple of you love the, the, quite frankly, coffee so much that you, you asked if it was possible that uh, there could be a monthly subscription service with Coffee Revolution who makes the coffee. And I asked Paige over there, I said, is it possible people to just subscribe monthly for delivery uh, so they don't have to keep doing it over and over again? She said, actually, it is. I said, really? I said, well, can you set that up? Because a couple of people asked about it. She set it up, and not only is it already live right now, but here's two aw- aw- other awesome things. If you sign up for a coffee subscription through the Coffee Revolution, you get an additional 7% off. And you could still apply the Frankly promo code that makes all of your shipping free. So I think that's great. And, uh, you know, asking you shall receive sometimes. So that was <laughs> Thank you for those of you who reached out and asked that because I did not know it was possible. All right. Uh, other than that, thank you to Blue Monster Prep because uh, I am about to buy a little bit more prepping materials from Blue Monster just because it's winter and just because it's the year. It's the year. And we'll be talking a lot about what this year means as far as the importance of the 2030 crew. And there's no better person to talk to than um, than Corey. Corey's Diggs, who will be on with us uh, in moments, actually. Probably around probably around 7.15, it's 7.12, 7.10, something like that. Uh, first thing up over here I want to say, other than the Jeffrey Epstein thing, is a New York Post article that I thought was, I don't know, disturbing, a little disturbing. Here's one for you. Ready for this? No, oh, that's a blank screen. I've done it once again. First time in the new year, I've done it. Headline, priest cuts off his own penis during a crazed mental break following a tick bike. Get your hand off my penis! Only this time he was talking to a tick. I don't... Why am I in the middle? Oh, that's because of the Friday show. There I go. So uh, he got... He was in the Czech Republic, this priest, and he sliced off his own penis with a knife after he was allegedly driven psychotic by a tick bike. Tick bite. Tick bite. The tick bike is probably even worse. We don't know exactly what happened. It was probably a health problem, I'd have to imagine. No doubt about it, it was a health problem, actually. A health problem that led to more health problems. Um, let's see. Uh, the mayor of uh, this southern of southern Bohemia said where the alarming incident occurred. Uh, according to Czech outlets, locals first realized something was awry after the unnamed clergyman failed to show up for a prearranged meeting. And that's when they found him unconscious in a pool of blood with his penis severed. And for effect, oh, there for effect, there is a picture of a guy holding his crotch. And in case you didn't know exactly what region was in question, <laughs> and for further effect, here is a picture of a bloody knife—not the knife that cut off the penis, of course, 
but just in case you wanted to know what a knife that has been used to cut off something looks like, the New York Post has done their due diligence. So they really brought the issue to life. And uh, I don't know, is he dead? I don't, I don't think he's dead. Is he? Uh, no. No, he's not dead. He's lying unconscious. However, the doctors did discover central dam. Th- did he die? You know, I didn't read that far because it didn't seem really very important. If I'm going to be honest. Uh, but those ticks, they'll do it to you. Okay? So, watch out. Another thing I'd like to say before we start this one off. You know, last night we were talking about the... Um, I, we'll be we'll be touching a little bit on the topic of plagiarism at certain points tonight, especially if you have ever been plagiarized. If you have a plagiarism story, period, both committing the act or having the act committed, uh, you know, with you as the subject matter, I would love to hear about that in the second half when we take a few calls. But last night when we were talking about what was going on with Harvard and all the headlines that have been made, because, of course, like I said, the, the cover-up, the protection of one, uh, you know, one political appointee at um, at Harvard, they couldn't stand in the way and protect her. Well, I said, don't worry about this. This is a made woman, all right? Made just like any mafioso is made. Don't worry, she'll be fine. She'll be reshuffled somewhere, and uh, she's got nothing to fear. Well, uh, no sooner did we end last night's show did the headlines start going around, uh, letting everybody know that the, the outgoing... President Claudine Gay will actually still stay on in an academic role teaching undergraduates, and she's going to keep uh, almost the entire $1 million salary that she was made, like $900,000. She's keeping the whole damn thing, essentially. So, I mean, I got it. Uh, that's that. I told you. No doubt about it. So, it really makes. I'll tell you, it's it's bittersweet to see things like that, and it it, it's uh, it makes the nightly grind I think bittersweet when I see things like this, you know, because it's hard work for people in my position, especially in new media that are out there trying to and and I you know I've been doing this since 2006, to um, in many different capacities, wanting to make this work, knowing that getting into AM FM radio or or satellite and having that be something that I can hang my hat on and all. I knew that that was going to be really, really tough. But then again, here is a new open field of opportunity that could be pioneered. And I've had my nose in it for a long time and I've got plenty of nose. Let me tell you, it's got, uh, it, it is hard work to inspire an audience to sponsor you voluntarily. It is hard work. Uh, you know, th- that's why you have to work very hard at your craft so you're giving them something that they enjoy that they feel like they want to be a part of it they want to invest and I've been very very lucky and I continue to to try to to grow from there so that we don't have to you know you know we, we don't have to worry about what the future holds we can continue to do amazing things but it's hard work it truly truly is so it's a little bitter to see huge sums of money just given to losers like uh, Claudine gay or to have the FBI reinstate the um the, all the the traitors and the subversives like Andy McCabe 
all the pensions of people like Andy McCabe over there at the FBI, to see those pensions reinstated, that, that really burns a little bit for people out there who are, you know, grinding and trying like hell to make it work. And these people are just, you know, having their palms greased for one reason or another. But at the same time, it's also very sweet because for people like you and me, at least we get to know our worth. We know our worth and it might be a little bit of a grind, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade that grind for anything because what the hell is this? Really? What the hell is that? Nothing. Nothing to hang your head on at all. And we'll talk a little bit about that uh, toward the end. And I hope you're still with us because it's going to be a good night. We have uh, Corey. Corey Diggs is coming on with us in just a second. Don't go anywhere. Like, don't go anywhere at all. stand up to us, then they all might stand up. Those puny little ants outnumber us a hundred to one. And if they ever figure that out, there goes our way of life. It's not about food. It's about keeping those ants in line. That's why we're going back. Does anybody else want to stay? Let's rock! Right. So our guest tonight, our guest tonight is Corey of Corey's Digs. That's right. It's been a long time she's, since she's been on. I don't know if she's been on in, uh, if she was on in 2023. Hey, hey, Corey, are you there? I'm here. Can you hear me? I hear you great. Uh, were you on with us in 2023 at all? It had to have been early in the year, if so. 2020. Uh... Isn't that when I was on with Sean? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think you guys had to have been on with me last year. We actually might have done one or two times together. I think so. All right. Well, anyway, I'm happy that we're, ki- we're kicking off the new year together, though. That sounds great to me. How's everything been on your end? It's going good. Going good. I've been taking the last couple weeks off for the holidays and a little bit of travel and it's actually raining where I'm at right now, and I'm in my trailer. So if you hear ping, ping, ping in the background, sorry. <laughs> is that cozy? Is that very cozy? That sounds very cozy to me. It's super cozy. I love it. Yeah. No, that sounds great. You know, I've been finding myself watching a lot of... There's a lot of YouTube content creators out there who go and buy trailers and all these... And I'm talking about small ones, too. There, there I yeah. saw one person had a camper that can fit up that can be packed away and could and could be pretty much on the back of a of a bike of like a 10 speed and oh i know i know but when they unpack these things and they're just hanging out in their little 
their little hut with their with their pet. They everybody has a dog companion on. <laughs> Do you have a dog companion on the road? You know, uh, I did, and then last year I actually lost all three of my babies, my two cats and my dog. So I'm actually right now in the process of looking at getting a puppy because this is the first time in over 30 years I've been without an animal. Wow. All in I know, one, I feel all like I can't breed. In one year, though, I hope it wasn't all, yeah. rela- it was, it wasn't all related, was it? No, no, okay. they all had different things going on. They just, they they were all, uh, my cats were 16 or 17 and my dog was 15. So Jeez. it was a rough year. <laughs> Got it. Yeah, I have to imagine. But um, but if you start all over with a puppy, that's going to be something else. I got. I can't wait to use, I'll have a text message arrive sometime over the next month or so. And it'll just be this, uh, this big puppy face and I'll be very happy for you. <laughs> Yeah, I keep going back and forth. Do I want two cats or do I want a puppy? Because a puppy requires so much work and then you have to get babysitters. But I just can't imagine not having a dog. Yeah. Hey, let me let me ask you this. As a writer, when it comes to plagiarism, um, you know, I don't know. I don't know if I if I've ever plagiarized anything in like middle school or high school or anything like that. Um, I've had people ask me if they can copy my work before. And, uh, you know, I've made a little bit of money on that. But w- when it comes to political plagiarism, I tend to think it is reserved for some of the worst types of social chameleons because it's one thing to be a liar and it's one thing to have a good enough grasp on the language to go and manipulate people with otherwise empty words. But it's another thing altogether to steal words uh, with which you, you mean to manipulate people, to completely steal it. Right. Just for the, the purpose of existing politically. It, it's it's crazy. Yeah. Well, so and I would go deeper than that. I would say it's a form of identity theft in a way, which we have a lot of that going on right now. And it speaks to a person's character when they can't find the words, the thoughts, the ideas um, that they're, you know, on their own, that they have to steal from someone else. And it, it's for what? For, for fame, for a better grade, for more influence, to sound smarter. It's really um, it's really quite quite disgusting, honestly. I, uh, I mean, I've had this, so I was listening to you earlier and I've had people steal my work for years. Um, and to be honest with you, it doesn't really so much bother me that they'll they'll steal a section of my research. Say I say I made like three new connections that not been talked about out there. And they'll take those out of a big report, the big picture, and they'll form their own article. And I can tell they took it from me. They're linking the exact sources. Some of the words are just like mine. And it doesn't bother me the fact that they do that part. It's the part that they don't link to my report because my reports cover the big picture mm. and so now they're just giving someone a snippet of it you know yeah no absolutely and the big picture is the most the, the, that's the I mean, you're essentially compartmentalizing people to only uh, be able to discuss one portion of what is really the bigger story and that was what that is what you're most uh you're you're best known for uh uh cory you got very highly detailed well-sourced work that covers as i said in the um in the description of tonight's episode, it covers emerging technocratic systems of control across a vast 
array of uh, of areas like media and agriculture and pharma and more. By the way, did you see did you see any of the news about the the increasing uh, number of of pharma revolts that are going on in uh, Germany now with all the Agenda 2030 climate goal pushback? I have not. I've been unplugged for about two weeks now. What's going on over there? Well, I, here's what I said. This is a little bit from the uh, from the Gateway Pundit. It was Peter Sweden who put this out there. He said it's okay. spreading. Massive farmers protest in Germany. Um, let's see. The uh, Earlier this year, I traveled to report on the farmers' protest in the Netherlands. We know that was going on. Some 10,000 right. people tune, uh, turned out. But now you have uh, Germany. Farmers in Germany are, are protesting, and it's barely being reported on in the news. And, um, and, and it's growing in, in many ways. They say farmers are not happy. They've been protesting. Last month, some, some 40,000 farmers blocked the streets of Berlin with an estimated six, uh, 8,600 tractors, uh, 10 kilometer long uh, convoy. Things like that are happening. And I know that you, you, you're very big on agricultural news as well. Yeah, I've reported a lot on that. In fact, uh, we had Elza. Are you familiar with Elza Van Hamlin? She no. she reports from the Netherlands over there, and she she's done some fantastic work on this. And we've had her on our podcast a couple times talking about um, what what she refers to as pharma food, you know, and what's going on. And it's it's not just affecting the farmers; it's affecting the fishermen too. The stuff that they're pulling with them, putting in regulations, blocking them from their areas they would typically fish, making the rules harder. Um, in, in one case, they even said, if you, um, now I don't quote me on this, I'm trying to remember. It was something to the effect of, if you stop, uh, give up, give up your fishing rights. I forget what it's called, but they have, um, you know, certain types of permits for this. Then they would give them, I want to say it was like a hundred thousand dollars, but they had to burn their boat. Hmm. Think of how ritualistically sick and crazy that is. That, that was a, to, that was a, a a stipulation. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's mind blowing. So so they're coming at the food industry, as you know, from from every angle. Yeah, man, I didn't know that. Then again, there's so much yeah. we there's, that's where there's so much we don't know. And, and this is what you were talking about before, when you take a little piece of the work that someone like you does and try to find focus on that one issue, you really miss what, what the, the bigger message and the bigger uh, question uh, is for for the average Corey Diggs reader. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Right. Well, and the other thing, too, as far as plagiarism goes, I think it's really important to know where the source, whether it's um, words or thoughts or ideas, um, something someone built, I think it's important to know the original source, don't you? Because think of, you know, depending on where information's coming out of, changes how that's going to be received by people. And you just, you look at what they've done just to uh, our language over the last five years. There's so many sayings now. Like everyone used to say, oh yeah, me too, me too. Now you can't even say me too because there's this stigma around it yeah. <laughs> because of those that kept using that phrase for nefarious things. So I think that's important. Well, we're talking about that and, and, you know, gaslighting 
that it yeah. is a, uh, a it's a big thing and and I was going to talk about this in the second half of the show there too and you know there's really when you talk about the plagiarism thing before we get into all of the you know the, the space fences and all that other stuff because that's that's some really that's crazy and that's I think one of the the bigger things that you've done in the last couple of months but when when you talk about um when you talk about plagiarism story it's rife with gaslighting and that's the issue oh, yeah. and when you talk and, and that's another thing a very 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 big subject that you always hit on is the abuse cycles that are in the media because you, to be able to you, you need to prep the human mind to be able to accept all of the other programming and all the other systems that are being put in place across any of those other any of those other uh, you know uh, categories that we had discussed before, and you got to be able to prep the human mind for this stuff. The, the plagiarism story is is gaslighting because you know, well, it's at least an attempt at gaslighting. Right. But you know, you have here a person, a character uh, named Claudine Gay from from Harvard, who has been pampered in every way a system can pamper a person had her education sponsored at the highest levels drank all the marxist kool-aid that there that there is to be drunk and she can go out so she can go out and act as an agent on behalf of the system and it's pr- and in the and a pusher of its primary message and and you know what do you have here you have an in- a situation now where she she's acting with a uh an academic pedigree that used to be reserved only for the most elite students, regardless of superficial characteristics, and uh, the, and then what? And then then you have a uh, you have this whole thing here where she's uh, appropriated other people's work, and it just becomes too hard to hide it. And is is it her responsibility? No, no. It's just that the, the country is so steeped in white supremacy that we couldn't handle there being a black woman at Harvard that suddenly, suddenly, uh, as the Associated Press said today, we have weaponized plagiarism, which, as, as, as you said before, it's a crime. I mean, it's a crime. Yep. So, Absolutely. Anyway. That's uh, it's just it's nuts. It really is. It is nuts. There's a lot of nuts going on these days. Well, that's good that you took a couple of weeks off to just not be a part of anything. Yeah, I think that's really important. You know, I like doing that at the end of the year, just kind of unplugging and recalibrating. How how um how many miles have you traveled in your, your little camper setup here? Not far. Only about twelve hundred miles so far. I just I just got this this year. I have a couple I sold of friends. my town home. <laughs> sold my town home and got this. I can have a, a house on wheels. I know. I, I mean, I have other places that I stay as well. But you know, that sounds just amazing, though, for somebody in your position, though. Uh, it, with the way that I know that you have a very tight family unit, and that there's always home to go home to. But when when you are doing the kind of work that you do, I'd imagine I'd expect people to do things like that more often if you're they're in your situation, because I would want to be on location a little bit more, not in the middle of a protest, but you know near right. a near a uh, near a national park or a canyon somewhere. I I just want to see things and be inspired and have it just flow into the writing that I'm doing. So I, I hope that that, I hope that that's what you're, you're planning on, uh, on using it for in the coming years. Cause that, that'll be really interesting to see what comes out of you. Oh yeah. I would love to go camp out in a forest preserve for about a year with a little lake and sit down by it and write. <laughs> well, I'll be, I'll be reading those. No doubt about it. Hey, listen, one of your biggest published works in the last few months, as we were saying, is this incredibly detailed as 
that's no surprise. Detailed report on massive investments being made in these so-called space fences, in um, you know, uh, upper atmosphere surveillance systems, and how it merges with digital currency and beyond. Uh, c- can you give us a little bit of a synopsis of what that's all about? Because I know that Elon Musk's role in this cannot be understated at all, and it uh, it really goes hand in hand with the next couple of years and the stated agendas that people have had. Yeah, so this one's a bit of a doozy. And before I start, let me just preface, this is low earth orbit. So when everyone comes in and starts saying, there's no such thing as space. So this is where this is taking place. And what they're doing is uh, they've, you know, I've been kind of, over the last few years, you keep seeing, Bezos and Musk and uh, Branson and others talking about uh, space and colonizing Mars and going to the moon and vacations and all this crazy stuff. And I'm like, all right, what are they really up to? What's going on? Because it always felt like a cover story to me for other things that they're doing that people could visibly see, such as, you know, Starling chains going across the sky and that type of thing. So I started looking into it. And was quite surprised by what I found. Uh, they're they're building data, space-based data centers, space-based solar systems, and then you've got your satellites. They've already been testing blockchain, um, and of course you've got space fence for surveillance and weaponry. And I have a whole section in here on space laws because, well, there really aren't any. I mean. <laughs> They're very loose, and so there's really no jurisdiction. And so I'm looking at the blockchain, and I'm looking at where we're at with the whole financial arena to see how this all ties together. And lo and behold, uh, J.P. Morgan's involved in this, so I knew right off the bat this isn't this isn't going to be good. So they had tested; they were the first to test a uh, blockchain. Um, uh, it was like a bank-led tokenized value transfer in space. And so they have this little video, and I have it linked in the report, where they have the smart contract, of course, everything's smart, and they have it on this blockchain network that they established between satellites orbiting Earth, and they ran this payment system through. And so, and, and this is a direct quote from J.P. Morgan. Space exploration is becoming increasingly well-funded and presents an exciting opportunity to deploy financial technology to create a brand new payments infrastructure lever- leveraging blockchain. And so, of course, my mind immediately, the reason why I want to dig into this is because I know, based on research, you know how much energy and power supply is required to go into this whole digital currency arena that we've all been talking about for years. But if they were to take this um, into low Earth orbit and they were to build these solar, you know, space-based solar systems, which they've been talking about doing that, dating all the way back to the 70s, and there's multiple countries involved in this. This is not just the U.S. So now what they do is they're generating power and then they can they can funnel that power right to the satellites, which operate on, I believe it's like lithium batteries and solar panels. So I'm thinking, hmm, let's look at space laws because basically you've got no jurisdiction there. So 
how great would it be to have this surveillance structure with a bird's eye view from low Earth orbit and be able to see and control everyone through this digital currency, which technically they don't need the CBDCs because eventually they'll go there. They may call it something else, but they already have the whole infrastructure locked in place. And I have a whole section in here covering that. They've already got the gateways. They've already tested it all. It's it's set to go. So if they can run it from there with no jurisdiction, who's to stop them? And, and you know, who's to get to them? Who's going to get to these space-based data centers? Um, and are, so are, you've you got, talk, are you talking about like like uh, like almost like floating servers that they're just suspended so, in 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 uh, in uh, low Earth orbit or just I I don't know the, what how big are we talking about here if we're talking about a planet wide a uh, a planet wide system that as you admitted before would create a you know a very big uh, demand on energy that can all be supplemented by just solar panels and and how is it going to just be hung up there it really just going to be floating around so right now there's this is what they're saying this is what they're alleging and all their you know documentation they have the space station they're looking at at adding more so of course you know lockheed boeing they're all involved in this so you would have um four space stations they initially tested out the uh, Hewitt-Packard First Edge Computing Data Center operational in space with AI capabilities. Uh, the European Union teamed up with Thales Alina Space to deploy data centers by the early 2030s. And then you've got the satellite-to-satellite -satellite communications, which I'll explain in a minute. But what they say is that these, they, there's a cooler environment, there's less energy and no vibration, and that quantum computing is ideal for this environment and that i quote neural network computing and financial data centers will require this high processing capacity oh boy so yeah so and, and i come across the whole financial aspect of it over and over again so so what they're saying too is with these space-based solar systems it's not just to power all the satellites up there, which they plan on having thousands and thousands and thousands. Uh, but it they intend on, get this, beaming that energy down to Earth. And so you say you have on Earth, you've got, um, they're all doing working on different projects with this, the different countries. So let's just say, hypothetically, you've got um, like a, a football field size or something on the ground that's going to pull in it's going to be the receiver to this beam of of energy they're going to power down from these solar-based systems in space and then that's going to power all kinds of communities and i'm going okay so what happens with planes with birds with you know anything that's flying remotely near or through these so-called beams that they're going to beam down and I wasn't the only one questioning that because I actually found an article by scientists that were questioning, you know, they had the same concerns. So whether or not that's a cover story to try and draw money and make it sound like this is going to help with, you know, climate change hoax um, or not, I don't know. But this is what they're saying they want to do. Well, when you when you when you bring up neural networks, I, I mean, that's just um, you're talking about 
potentially uplinks to whatever the hell kind of cybernetics are then at that time fashioned inside of people too. This would be internet connectivity for people who have taken on the uh, the fourth industrial revolution kind of upgrades that Klaus Schwab has been uh, you know off the bouncing off the walls about now for years. Oh, I'm sure that's where they'd like to head with all of this, no doubt. See, I, so, yeah. Now, now, let me ask you about this because this has to go hand in hand with what you're saying. Going to Elon Musk's role um, in particular, we already have seen how Starlink, you just mentioned it before, has become a provider in sky down internet services, but it's also become a pretty significant player in modern military. Uh, operations, especially in places like Ukraine, um, I'd love to hear your 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 thoughts on on that. If you can loop that in in some way, yeah. So so first off, uh, he, he he's been rolling out. He gets licenses to release like so many Starlinks, you know, a year, and they keep beefing that up and beefing that up. And he wants to have obviously, you know, like forty thousand up there and. And so the Starlinks, though, what they're doing now is they they now have lasers, right? So it's creating like a mesh network. I just want people to understand this is not just for Internet purposes. These babies are equipped with a lot. So so you've got the Starlinks up there. They're providing the Internet. The data's bouncing off of their uh, base stations down here which eventually I honestly don't think they're going to need. I think they're going to be able to just keep it all in low Earth orbit. And so the data, they, they now have lasers that beam out from satellite to satellite that's created a mesh network. And if you look, and I have a link in my report, you can see like a live interactive map of where all the Starlinks are, and it forms like a complete grid around us. So they now, he he's taken that and he's built out or is building out a whole line for our military uh called star shield and they can actually transfer data from starlink over to star shield isn't that wonderful Mm -hmm. so 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 there's that whole aspect of it but then what we have is well there's a lot i can say about elon musk as far as uh, military goes, you know, he's had government contracts for years through SpaceX. And uh, they've teamed up with the Air Force and Starlink satellites and multiple armed force systems for huge live fire exercises that include, you know, ground forces, ships, submarines, and um, to shoot down cruise missiles and drones. And so when everyone saw what was going on in Ukraine and thought, oh, Elon's our savior, look at him, he's trying to prevent World War III. No, as far as I can see from everything going on and with all their contracts, this was like a perfect test pilot for them, for the Pentagon to look and see how this could all be utilized to their benefit for Space Force. So, you know, he had sent 22,000 Starlink satellites to Ukraine and um, and I'm, I'm telling you, there's billions of dollars. We've got over $69 billion just for the uh, DOD, including $1.7 billion for Space Force programs. There's so much money being thrown at all of this. And so 
they can use the Starlinks for much more than internet. And now they're, like I said, piggybacking onto Star Shield, which is concerning. You know, they want to build the uh, military's Internet of Things. So, yeah. Um, and then, of course, when you talk about bigger picture, that is the synthesis of both the that dual use look at the world where you have the military and the civilian application and then, um, you know, full spectrum dominance, as they say, because when you talk about what we were looking at before the the official name change from Twitter to X, we -hmm. got to read a little bit about what Elon Musk's vision for the application was. And it was the it was a it was a, you know, a a week of everybody asking, you know, what the hell is this all about? And what does it all mean when he says that it uh, wants to be the 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 app for everything? I got a, a quote over here. He said the fundamental thing that's missing that would be incredibly useful is a and I don't see how anything that is this centralized could ever be useful to anybody. Um, uh, the thing that's missing that would be incredibly useful is a single application that encompasses everything, end quote. And, Corey, it would become, as you know, because you have written about it extensively, it would become everything from a dating app to, as as Elon Musk called it, uh, an, an application that that could be that could someday account for over half of the world's financial system. He didn't yeah. say that it would become a a a, a, a reliable lender to small businesses. He, right, right. he said it could it could account for over half of the world's financial system. Now, at the point at that point, you're you're definitely the the biggest digital bank in the world. He could probably denominate in his own currency and just make it as some kind of a token denomination but it would still be the biggest with some of the biggest transaction uh tools out there and in the background of all that we have this emerging Neuralink technology that he has been a huge the biggest sponsor of which are which is being designed with the the primary purpose of helping human beings become more physically compatible with these systems so i uh you know if, if you if you just play the slippery slope game it takes you to some pretty dark places Oh, yeah. There's a lot I could say about Musk. Um, And people can go ahead and bash me all you want if you want to believe he's a savior of free speech. Uh, But let me just say this real quick before I go to that. Space Force just a couple months ago um, announced that they were working on putting together guidelines. And I haven't looked recently, so by now they may already be out. They were putting together guidelines whereby they expect people such as, um, you know, outside government, outside military, such as SpaceX, to work with military in both peace and wartime when the military needs them. So so there are guidelines being drafted up for this. That should be a, a huge red flag for people. Uh, as far as Neuralink goes, this is, you know, if you li- have listened to him talk about it, what started out as something that was allegedly going to help um, people with, you know, spinal issues, be able to stand again, uh, people with physical issues, which, which, hey, wouldn't it be cool? I mean, that would be great if you could do something like that and you weren't a nefarious, corrupt character. But as time goes on, you listen to him get all excited like a little kid in a candy store where he's talking about like what you were just saying, how we're going to um, be able to 
have all these additional features and we'll be able to use it and be compatible and interact with uh, technology. So it's transhumanism. I mean, this is the very thing that that people have been uh, fighting against for years now about the the bringing together merging of AI and humans like our good friend Schwab has talked about, as well as, you know, hundreds of others. These people want to be immortal. So for people to overlook that and go, oh, but he let me back on my Twitter account. Of course he did. Well, he couple, needs to bring you into the lion's den. Some, some people, not everybody. I mean, not it, everybody, it, not everybody. You know, a lot of people, a lot of people are fooled. Um, you know, I mean, you bring in Linda Yaccarino as your CEO. She's she's World Economic Forum. Um, the ad revenue. If you take a look at that program, so for one, you do the blue check mark of the ad revenue, you've now given them your personal info and your financial digits. So you're now just the guinea pig for him to get the whole financial end of this locking into place. And then you look at who's advertising. Okay, well, we got Disney with a whole list of pedos. We've got Amazon. We got legacy mainstream fake news. Um, and you've got uh, trans shows that are promoted. And so people are making money off of off of the, the when these ads pop up while promoting the enemy, essentially. And I'm not saying they all are, because I'm sure there's some good, wholesome companies on there advertising as well. But you don't know who's going to show up in your feed. Yeah. So so that's uh, a big red flag for me as well. I mean. Look, I feel like he's taking people and um, taking them by the hand, claiming to be their friend and walking them right off the plank. And so he plays this. Uh, there's a. I was talking with Sean about this one on. I was on his show earlier this year. There's like a, a whole pattern here if you just pay attention. Where anytime people start going after uh, Elon Musk, saying, "Well, wait a minute, why are you now bringing in?" Uh, some Israeli intelligence to do uh, digital IDs on here that we have to go through in Twitter and they're saying, oh, well, it's just going to be voluntary and, well, why are you doing this and why are you doing that? Every time that happens, all of a sudden, some he gets attacked by some, some globalists, you know, whether it's the Biden administration or the ACLU or what have you, because it throws them into the victim. It aligns them with us and then everyone comes to his rescue thinking that oh they're after him too see he's good and it's all theater do you see anything play out that works to our advantage no it just eventually just kind of goes away so i know there are people that think that this is uh this this is a guy who's who's fighting for us um, well, you know, would... you, you know, he's there. There are there are a few things that go on out there, and I've always we always come back around to that. What do you what do you think of the character that is Elon Musk? Um, every every, you know, what, what do you think of the character arc so so far? Uh, is he good, bad, you know, chaotic, neutral, lawful? What is it? And um, you know, it's one of those things where you'll you'll get really great 
comments and really great uh, speeches on the importance of free speech and uh, and and free uh, free markets and pro humanity, talking very bluntly and rightly so about population collapse and how we need to start having children again. But then again, no, no matter what kind of speech uh, somebody. Uh, engages in there's always just what are they doing and and for anybody for anybody even if they are pro-human and and authentically so or they you know there is just a you know there there is a very good person there that is throwing themselves into subject matter that can just you know far down the line they're just going to go wrong like to create a system like um what we're talking about tonight uh, and the Neuralink stuff, whatever the hell else, uh, it's like Pandora's box. Like he's creating the box, and or, exactly. or or it's like Cyberdyne Systems and Terminator. Cyberdyne eventually created Skynet. You know, I'm I'm sure there's some very good people working at Cyberdyne who thought that this was they're, they're on a, a an exciting new frontier in cybernetics. And then, but then you know, you you fast forward a couple of decades, and that is what leveled the planet. For one reason or another, it could have been, it could have been just the uh, the evil intent of the creators, or it could have just have been a creation that uh, somebody lost control of. It's just, it's very, very dangerous. It's a very right. dangerous thing. Yeah, and a week after he bought Twitter, he's out there at at a Halloween party wearing a the devil's champion upside down crosses and stuff, and people say, "Oh, he's just trolling the globalists." <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> Which which will go right into our gaslighting when we get into all that. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It, I'm telling you, it, uh, it's one of those things I always uh, take into consideration, and I just uh, whenever news is made and headlines are made, um, it's it's one of those things where these days these days you've just got to um, you just got to take the story at hand and comment uh, on it in a vacuum without becoming fanboys or girls of any one person or one organization because it's uh it, it, we're in a really precarious position and it's very hard to find anybody to trust if you if you know what right. i mean and i know you do right yeah definitely uh, so then so then let's talk about that uh, a little bit about about gaslighting and about breaking abuse cycles because this is really the whole thing here um everybody i know that there's a lot of people who can agree on one thing, that anything that is being put forth from the central authority is probably not trustworthy. And then everything be- below that ag- point of agreement is a, a a vicious civil war where everybody's trying to bite each other's jugular because you're either going down too far one rabbit hole, you're not going too far down, you're not going far enough down another rabbit hole. And at the same time, it's it's very, you know, to say herding cats is a good analogy for it. It doesn't. It doesn't really uh, stack up anymore. It's it's a lot of chaos out there, and, and I, I'm, I'd rather have that than everybody being in a in a sleepy, sleepy state of complacence. But um, what, what do you think about the current and the ongoing perpetual abuse cycle in the news? And what do we got to start doing um, going into uh, this this next phase to to break ourselves out of it? Well, I think one of the most important things is first for people to learn discernment, uh, learn to trust their intuition, and learn to fact check things for themselves. 
Uh, I actually, in 2020, I did two articles that could be very helpful as sort of like training tools to work on. Um, one of them's called Confused, How to Compartmentalize Fact from Fiction and Plausibility. And I call it compartmentalizing because, I mean, we're, we're getting hammered with a lot of information on the daily. So it, it is important to learn how to compartmentalize. And, and I think that's a skill that, that takes time to build and to be able to sift through something and see, you know, look at the key things. And I list all the key things in this article, like what to look for. And then, okay, this is fact. These are, this is the evidence. This is, you know, plausible, but I'm going to put it to the side and I'm not going to mull it over. I'm not going to, um, respond emotionally. You got to get the emotions out of it. You got to remain, even though I realize a lot of this is impacting our lives directly, you have to remain detached to a certain degree so that you don't get, you know, completely um, thrown off balance all the time. So you have to look at it sort of from a bird's eye view and observe it. And, uh, and then, you know, I, I put things into, okay, here's the fact compartment, here's the plausibility, this is absolute fiction. And I don't, I don't, you know, the fact stuff I may take and write up a report on uh, the plausibility, I just, I compartmentalize, I shut that door. And maybe sometime down the road, more information appears and I'm like, okay, now this is something that's coming that we all need to watch out for. Uh, if it's complete BS, I don't give it any energy at all. And there's tons of that. Most of it's BS. There's so much theater and distraction going on um, that I think there's this big energy suck. There's this dark force that's a culmination of many people um, going back centuries and almost different factions, but all will just lump them into a dark force. And everyone is, you know, and, and including me, feeding them our energy. We're, we're, they're just sucking our energy from us and trying to manifest their fantasies into a reality. And so I, I personally don't think, I know there's a lot of people that say that, you know, as a satanic ritual that they have to um, disclose or show us ahead of time what they're going to do. I don't think that's the case. I think what it is, is they, they want to be open and revealing because they want to suck you in so that they can feed off your energy. You can then take that information and share it and be their free marketing and advertising person uh -huh. that's going to get that information out and now everyone else is going to get sucked in and you keep feeding it energy and it keeps building and building i mean this is how things are ideas you know innovations these are how things are built people have to talk about them they have to manifest you know before they can actually bring it to a reality so i think we've reached to this pinnacle point where if we all keep feeding uh, into this and we don't very carefully choose what we say, what we talk about, what we report on, um, or how we do it, you know, which is why I did the solution series uh, for a year because I just wanted to focus on some good, positive tools and things that people could um, benefit from where they're not always being sucked into this, this dark, negative crap. Yeah. 
But, yeah. Well, you know, the, the reason why I, I you can see that there, too, these these evil types. And I, I also believe that there are competing factions there. If you want me to sit down and write a book about who the factions are and all that, uh, I wouldn't be the person to do that. Uh, I might be able to come up with and formulate ideas on on two or three, but there's just there's so much overlap, and I I think that it's more so a huge game of game of you know it's just Game of Thrones, you know you just have all there's just strange bedfellows and enemies and hated hated rivals amongst all these uh, of these people, and we're just we're in the way sometimes, and other times we are just very very uh, welcome use of welcome food. As um, as Rudolf Steiner would talk about, you want to talk about energy vampirism? That would be that. That would be that. Um, they all feed off of the negativity and the chaos that that creates a that wonderful bu- uh, buffer in the streets, so they can go and get real business done with nobody taking a look at what the hell's going on. Um, but other than that, you know, this is why so many resources are expended. To keep as many people as possible trapped in these abusive psychological patterns, and and the gaslighting is is increasingly tiresome because it, it only gets worse when you know how to spot it. Because at that point, you have to face the reality, and it's a stark reality at that that the average person is almost absolutely defense, defenseless against it, and and they, and, and they don't get it. So uh, you know, it's one of those things where you say, well, okay. If you got a time machine, you go back to September tenth, two thousand one. What are you doing? You know, you, if you think you're going to go back there and shake everybody by the shoulders and tell them what's coming the next day, I mean, maybe right. you, you can go do something practical like pull the fire alarm, uh, right. p- pull some fire alarms in in uh, in in all the towers and try to save some lives. But you're you're not going to be able to really shake any sense into people, and right. uh, it, it's like that right now. I mean, we can say that we're. We're coming from the future right now, and we have arrived here in 2024, January 2024. We're trying to tell everybody that something terrible has happened. My God, I mean, think about what they're putting up in space, for Christ's sake. And then, and uh, but is anybody listening? I don't know. <laughs> oh, that's a great way to put it. I always love your metaphors, Frank. <laughs> I, you know, we're all time travelers, Corey. It's, we are. We I'm really... telling you. Oh, I just I want to mention though the other article that people should check out is uh, on my site is ten fake news tactics, and I, I drill down into some detail on some of those because some of them are not so obvious. But over you know over time, I I think discernment and intuition are really key because over time you it becomes second nature, and and I think. That once you achieve that and you feel really good about that, then you can kind of push that fear to the side, right? Because that's really important. We've we got to move beyond um, the fear. Like I'm not even attached to an outcome right now. I'm just flowing with it, and I think that's really important from a mental and spiritual standpoint too. And I'm not talking about hopium, but I'm talking about a level of faith and belief. Um, and trust in yourself so that you can pull away from this, focus on your family, focus on community, work on things on a local level, because uh, forget the federal level. I mean, it's just been completely overtaken for a long time now. So, um, 
Yeah. Well, in that, with that with that there, can, how much time can you can you give me another uh, 10, 12 minutes or so? Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to hold you over uh, on the other side of the intermission. I want to talk about that in particular because it came up last night with my guest James, and I ended the show asking him about flow. The fact that you just brought it up unsolicited, uh, we got to expand on that just a little bit, and I think it'll, it'll be a nice place to to end and start prompting some calls from people. So I'm going to put you on mute real quick, and then uh, I'll hold you over to the other side of the intermission. Is that all right with you? Yep, sounds good. All right, we'll be right back with uh, with Corey Diggs. Ladies and gentlemen, um, we got more of Corey. We, then we have all of you. You're on uh, If you're on YouTube or Rumble or Rockfin, the direct links to our Pilled.net channel uh, are right there in the description, and I share them across all socials as well. And if all else fails, just go to quitefrankly.tv, which is powered by Pilled, Foxhole, always will be, and uh, for the last couple of years has, and it's been really, really wonderful. Um, no paywall, no strings attached. I will say this. There's a lot of things that we're working on this year, and I would like to be able to fund our new operation wholly, totally from the audience. And uh, and I would love to unleash the two-hour show on all these platforms again uh, very soon, but we're about, I don't know, 48% away from our um, minimum funding threshold that would make that possible. And that could be done through the Quite Frankly's, uh, Quite Frankly's uh, subscribe star. That's not about all, all the new people, all the old uh, sponsors not telling you to move over there. I'm just saying to get new blood in and to be able to... Um, to do new things, and uh, and that 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 also means to make bigger investments in what we're doing after hours with the the network and everything going into the future. Because uh, there's a little bit of shaking up going on, and and I'm really really excited to bring you all along for the ride. So this show will be in full uploaded to podcast and Rumble and Rockfin and Bitshoot and Twitter later on tonight. But you know there ain't nothing like live. So just two clicks over to quitefrankly.tv, and we will see you there. Thank you so much to all of our friends at Pilled and uh, Foxhole for uh, for taking a chance on this show and, and helping make 2024 uh, kick off on all cylinders. We will be right back. The rest of the show is available exclusively at Pilled.net. Follow the link in the description of the episode. Get signed up. It's that easy. Or head on over to quitefrankly.tv, just press play. No paywalls, no censorship, no strings attached. So head on over, quitefrankly.tv, powered by Foxhole and pilled.net. It's intermission time, folks. Time out to press the like button. Thank you.
entering. Quite frankly. 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 We all support quite frankly. Not quite. Quite frankly. Let's go, Brandon. Quite frankly. In Roma, Italia. Quite frankly. You going on Frank's show tonight? I want to get a Coke. Can I get a Coke? So everybody watch. Quite frankly. With Frank. side of the intermission i still have our lovely friend Corey from coreysdigs.com if you don't have coreysdigs.com bookmarked in your little sources folder on whatever browser that you have that you maintain for just you because everybody has to customize and has to customize their sources while you're you're checking the papers well you know very few of us have any papers delivered to the house anymore i've got the weekly epoch times that shows up because i like the life and tradition section but you know for the most part we go to our browsers and we know exactly where our go-to sources are well Corey's dig has got to be one of those one of those links so uh she's still with us Corey. you uh are you still uh, awake i'm oh it's early for me. I'm a night owl. <laughs> oh, oh, I know, but still, you're in a cozy little camper with the. It's raining. The you got the, those those raindrops pitter pattering against the window. I'd want to go to sleep immediately. Oh, no, I have work to do. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. well, you know. Speaking about work, this is what yeah. I want to talk about right now, and that is flow. Now you were talking about uh, being able to spot something that is not worth your attention. Being able to divest yourself from really the outcome of what's going on, very George Carlin-esque of you, um, to be able to divest from the outcome and to just get into a state of flow. Now, last night, I broached the topic of what is your state of flow? Where, where do you find that flow the best? I was talking about how not only is there a flow over here for me behind this desk in a broadcast setting, taking calls, queuing up media. Uh, I always can, you know, in a, in a state where I can find the right words for just the right occasion. The timing is perfect. Those nights are just really satisfying for me. Um, and, but, but it goes beyond professional, too. It can just go to, uh, hey, I'm knocking off... I'm knocking off so many things at home and around the yard and at the deli and stuff like that. Where do you find yourself in a flow the best, both professionally and outside of your professional life? Hmm. Hmm. Well, so professionally, I would say at about one in the morning, hmm. I get my groove on and words just start flowing through me. Uh personally is is nature for me and animals but but flow overall for me is so my whole life i was in what i would call summarize as flow because i don't know how else to describe it which is that i never had doubt 
Like, I didn't even know what doubt was. I just, I didn't see things as challenges. I saw everything as like this exciting adventure or exciting opportunity or a cool, cool, uh, like a fun challenge, you know? And I would just think of what I wanted to do and then I would make it happen. And if I suddenly needed help with something, I'd be like, gosh, you know, I could really use some help. And then boom, the phone would ring or someone would show up. And it's this constant state of just being in the moment and knowing that it doesn't matter. You know, there may be five different ways to do something and you start on one and that doesn't work. So then you move to the next and you don't get you don't get uh, deflated by it and you just you just keep flowing and and things tend to gravitate toward you with a more positive energy. Um, I have found in doing this work over the last, I don't know, six, seven years that I've lost a little bit of that flow. I was going to ask you if <laughs> I've, I was going to ask you if you've been yeah. able to maintain that over. I mean, it's 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 dark, intense work. You know, a lot of my reports are 50 to 100 pages long. Um, this is dark stuff, which is why I have to, you know, I know when I'm when I'm hitting that point where. I suddenly am feeling stressed out or maybe even a little anxiety and I'll go, okay, I got to get back in the flow. I got to break away from this. And then I'll take a few days off and I'll go in nature and I'll hang out with friends and I'll laugh and uh, kind of get my mojo back. And I, and I think everyone needs to do that um, because we're, I mean, you could see it as we are in tough times. I just, I don't like to call it that because when you're out and about and you're, and you're, you know, being online is very different than being out in public and out around people. It's a, it's a obviously entirely different energy. You go online, you hop into Twitter and it's just negative shit up and down the pages, everyone's timeline. Um, so there's a lot of arguing, there's a lot of anger, there's a lot of negativity. Oh, I know. You know, you know I, I got to say, Corey, I was talking to a friend of mine, a producer of mine, not too long ago. And, um, and, and, and they, they, they said to me, you know, in a, it was a, it was in a humorous way that when I conduct my show, yeah, there are nights when I'm a little bit more spicy than others, a little bit more salty than other nights. But for the most part, I conduct myself, even when we're talking about the darkest of topics and with a little bit of, uh, a little bit of, uh, good humor and, and, and a, a positive outlook on, on what may be and, and how we can, you know, uh, use human free will to be able to affect outcomes in our behavior, in our, in our favor. But if you were to go check out my Twitter timeline, <laughs> I, I am, I am a vicious, miserable bastard because being in that environment is, mm -hmm. It's horrible. It's horrible. You see things. You see things that you can't ignore. You want to fight with it. It. So I mean, I understand. If if you only know me uh, on Twitter, you'd never think that the show is as wholesome as it is. That's hilarious. That's a perfect example. And that also speaks to the point of you know if if you engage in 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 a area whether it's online or whether you're at someone's house or you're at a bar and you're surrounded by people and words and energy that's negative it's going to come through you and all of a sudden you're going to start snapping at people or you're going to you know it's going to start triggering your emotions and that's what that's what they ultimately want what this dark force wants they want you engaged and so we have to learn how to 
how to and it's it's hard it's a balancing act because on one hand we want to disengage but on another hand we want to know what's coming so we can you know prepare a little bit i mean you can you can be in the flow and try to coast through life as best as you can but you still have to prepare and i think it's still important to take action on a local level yeah um but but that's ultimately what what they want i mean if you're dealing with a narcissist psychopath and they start raging at you what are you going to do are you going to hang out and stand there and argue with them and debate them when you know it's a lost cause no you're going to leave you're going to drive off but yet we sit here day after day like calling these people out you know arguing with them pointing all this stuff out and it's that's ultimately not going to change anything that's just fueling the fire and keeping them alive if we totally disengaged they'd be dead in the water and some might say well then they're still going to be able to pull off you know the the digital currency or digital ids or this or that they'll still force this on us well i don't know if everyone just didn't comply and didn't go along with that stuff i think uh it would be a little tougher for them yes yes it would um and and, and i mean you, you speak truth and that's why the first first thing i thought about was my such my personal situation how the behavior just changes and it, it really stresses you out it also yeah. it also uh influences you in 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 rethinking where you want to place your attention that you get tricked into thinking oh you know what this is a very important thing and everybody's talking about it and i want to be there and I uh, I want to put my two cents in, and because it it really is just one big competition. Everybody's trying to to drop the mic the best, and it there's not really a lot of conversing going on. That's why I think that the best places to be on the internet, whether it be um, whether it be on uh, you know Twitter or even Tumblr, which I'm still on Tumblr. I have a nice tiny little account on Tumblr where. I have so many old subscriptions to really great blogs where there are historical tidbits and did you knows and all that. And, uh, and my, uh, my history and culture lists on Twitter are very, very robust. I learned so much. If you're only able to just keep yourself focused on something like that, you can find really great corners of everything uh, of the internet oh, yeah. ready for you. But it's uh, you know it, it's uh, it's always very alluring when you see a crowd forming, and it's uh, and it's usually a cockfight that they're right. forming around. It's it's never it's never a Socrates. Yeah. You know, Socrates is not holding court. It's usually it's usually a cockfight. Yeah, there's a lot of bait out there. People need to not take the bait, and uh, like I won't get. I've I've never gotten involved in the whole infighting and the drama, and you know I've people have tried to suck me into stuff, and I just I have no interest, no interest. I don't do I don't do drama. So, well, you know I think it's like I said. I think it's really important that people. I don't think you can work through, work past your fear around things going on until you can tap into your intuition and discernment because you almost, I mean, I don't know. What do you think? I feel like you need more clarity so that you can then kind of accept what you need to accept, uh, work on what you think you can work on and kind of just push yourself above and beyond that fear because, you know, there's the whole doom and gloom crowd, the really heavy black pilled crowd um, that try to bring people down that'll 
oh, there's going to be nuclear war and we're all going to die and da, 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 or the apocalypse is coming. And oh, yeah. we got the whole opium crowd. So so we have these two very opposite end of the spectrum. And then you got everyone kind of in the middle. Well, it's, it's those middle, it's those middle muddle. It's the middle muddle that that's where I want to be, because I think that that's where uh, you, the, the most opportunity is the, uh, well, the hopium crowd, I, I get there that, that just, uh, that wears on you in a different way. But the black pills, that's a very confusing thing right there too, because you would think that people who believe and have already accepted that all hope is lost, that they would take a little bit of shallow enjoyment in doing something like on this show. I love talking about, like, uh, you know, going through various uh, topics now. We're going to continue to be really um, big with the variety in 2024, especially now, because we need not distraction, but we need to change the subject, especially something that refocuses on what a wondrous world it is to bring people in from different disciplines and different walks of life and just learn about the human condition and and, uh, and put ourselves in different uh, places. I think that that is a, a remarkable way to maintain our uh our sanity our humility and our and our integrity in a time where like you said before uh there there's no amount of yelling that is going to stop who has the most resources from exacting their from uh playing out exactly how they have planned this year to go right now we got to just get on with things and um and, and keep our head in the game or at least our soul in the game so right I think that middle muddle is really where I wanna I wanna be because um, uh, those are those are the that's the place where if you give them a little something different, then it's going to almost feel like you gave people a very very cool refreshing glass of water, uh, it, because it, it, all you have around you is just heat. It's just heat. I mean, we just need a place to sit in the shade for a little while, and I think that's where we're at here. Let me ask you this real question, this question before we we start wrapping up. You were mentioning there that some of the reports that you do are 50 to 100 pages long. Why, uh, maybe you have, I don't know, but why aren't you publishing more, um, self-publishing more, and getting all of your work into anthologies of physical books because I I still think I would love to be able to get my ass in gear and start getting into publishing a little bit more myself because I really just I really believe that what is old is new and is going to be again and to have physical history and physical work on a shelf somewhere is going to be so much more important in the years to come than any blog that can get buried or just outright shut down. Uh, then I, I, I just think that that's, that's so immensely important. And anything that you publish that's 50 to 100 pages is already the, the, the length of a novella. Uh, just a couple of your reports would be a full-size book. <laughs> I know. So what I've done is, so I do have one published, which was the Global Landscape on Vaccine ID Passports. And I did have a publisher, uh, wonderful people reach out to me about publishing the one I did on uh, the vertical food industry, uh, indoor vertical growing. Um, and I and I just needed to kind of shelf that at the time because I, I was so busy. I mean, I'm like, I'm a one woman show. I do, I do my weekly dig it podcast with Edge, and she um, occasionally writes articles that we put on my site. But uh, outside of that, I, you know, I manage the website, I do all the research, all the writing, everything. 
So what I did instead, though, is I created a bookshop on my site and all of my um, all of the lengthy reports that I think are going to be critical for history, because I do a lot of in-depth timelines in my reports as well. I formatted into PDF format and for a small fee, you can uh, download and archive those. So not the same as a handheld book, but you can at least have the PDF on your computer or you can print it out and have it at home. Uh, hey, if someone wants to take all my big reports and wants to uh, publish a whole volume series, that would be fantastic. I just, <laughs> I don't have the time to do it all. I, I hey I get it I get it and I know the I know the one man band kind of a uh, uh, kind of a, a road to walk there when it comes to just you know uh, you know, I I know it's uh, it's crazy yeah. and then yeah it's very easy to come up with good ideas sometimes but uh, it's almost haunting when you get good ideas that each of them require a, a team of people to do efficiently and in enough time to make room for it. it, it it's tough. It really is tough. But then again, like I said, here we are, um, new landscape, a new horizon in media. And we are still, no matter how, no matter how much time has already passed, we're still all pioneers. And I'm, I'm glad that we've become friends over those years, Corey. So listen, let everybody know where they can find you and any parting shots that you may have. And I can't wait to have you back. Well, thanks for having me. And I'm glad we met too, Frank. Uh, people can find me on coreysdigs.com. It's 1G, C-O-R-E-Y-S-D-I-G-S.com. And basically all my links are on there to my weekly podcast. I also have a ton of resources for fact-checking. And I've got the file drawer with a bunch of D-class docs. Speaking of Epstein, I've got, I've done several reports on Epstein Um and I've got the unredacted black book and flight logs in there as well. So yeah, everyone can can pretty much find everything right through my website. I'm Any also parting... on uh, Patreon. What's that? Nothing. That that was the uh, that was the playback of the show uh, on, oh, on, gotcha, on the web. Gotcha. Sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. So so yeah, I hope that everyone has a. You know, I hope we have a much better 2024, though. I think we're going to have a little bit of a rocky road this year being election year. And uh, I would say stay focused on your local community and, and state, making some changes there because the federal level is just whew, crazy. I'm actually working on right now, I'm doing some research and reading this 200 page book having to do with the uh, U.S. payment systems. Far more than I want to learn, Frank. But um, well, you know, you, you know, what you should do. You should do a uh, one of these days. I don't know if it's going to be uh, possible in in twenty four because I have my whole my whole year mapped out with the book club. But you should be a co host with me for one book club serial that I do. Maybe in twenty five we can we can pick a book, a uh, piece of fiction, piece of faction, something like that, where we can have a little bit of fun and just analyze a storyline and character arcs and and find some really relevant things buried inside of that uh, those prose that really speak to the uh, the human story. We should do something like that, so you're not just reading you know uh, scientific papers all the time and frying <laughs> yourself out. That would be. That would be super fun. I'd be down with that. Okay, yeah, because you're—I can tell you're obviously you have to be a good reader to do what you do. So let's just 
let's let's knock you off course for a, you know a couple of weeks yeah. next year and and pick a book and do that together that sounds good all right, so Corey'sDigs.com. And I hope people uh, not only patronize your work there, but become uh, monthly sponsors and, and, and keep you going. And, Corey, you just let me know if you have any big breaking news, and I'll, I'll, I'll bring you back in a hurry, okay? All right. Thanks so much, Frank. All right. Have a good one. There you go. Corey, take it. And next time she comes back, she's going to have a whole new family of puppies with her, too. So I'm loving it. And that was great to hear from her. All right, we're going to go on a really quick break. It is 825-ish. And when I come back, it'll be time to talk to you guys and gals. I'm going to get into your super chats. Maybe we'll do a little bit here on the counseling of a gaslit nation. I thought that was really interesting. A Brownstone Institute article that I, I meant to do a little bit last night, but we just last night created its own kind of flow. But uh, we'll be back in a second. Don't go anywhere. Hi there, I'm Paul Perkinstein, and welcome to the wide world of web. Today's segment, Internet Chat Rooms. Hello, how are you today? Oh, it appears Greg has challenged our manhood. We need to find out everything we can about his interests, fears, and most of all, his family. Uh, in 2017... Hey, 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 hey! You guys! Wow. Um, so in 2017... Welcome to your Perpetual Health Minute, brought to you by Quite Frankly. The gut, the brain, and mental health. When most people think of nutrition, they simply think in terms of weight gain or weight loss. But I want to show you something. This paper, published in 2020 in Advances in Nutrition, took a look at tryptophan. Now, most people know tryptophan as the precursor to serotonin, and that's true. Most of the serotonin produced in the body is actually synthesized in the gut. Now, that serotonin does not cross the blood-brain barrier. However, tryptophan can be metabolized into other molecules that do cross the blood-brain barrier and have a direct impact on the central nervous system. So what influences tryptophan metabolism? Well, the composition of the gut microbiome. And what influences the composition of the gut microbiome? Your nutrition. So when Hippocrates said all disease begins in the gut, he was absolutely correct. But that also includes mental health and illness as well. If you like this video, please follow the new Perpetual Health Rumble channel. You can also find us at perpetualhealth.substack.com. But for now, thank you so much for watching and back to the show.
I never had a dog attack me during a show. That's still, still a great, great moment in internet history when uh, Zach was attacked, or when Zach was in the middle of a dog attacking. Dogs attacking each other. Muffin. Oh man, the wrath of Muffin. Okay, so uh, listen. Uh, after the show tonight, as soon as I get off the show, there's not going to be anything live. Um, but when I get home, I'm going to throw some things into the feeder. I've got. Uh, I want to put up some classics tonight, and so maybe sometime around. Who knows? Nine thirty, nine forty-five ish around there is the one we'll put some after-hours programming up, especially when it comes to some old documentaries and stuff I like. I'm I'm in the the mood to put some Myron Fagan up, maybe a little bit of uh, Coast to Coast, but there will be that, but nothing immediately afterwards. I have a a little bit... I have a little bit I want to do here with the Super Chats before we get into anything else. First one up is from Jay Britz. Jay Britt says, uh, here's to our cool drink of water, quitefrankly.tv. Well, thank you, Jay. That's what I think. I don't know. I try to think of, you know, I try to put imagery together. And that's what I think. There's just a lot of people who are just parched. And that's why, like I said before, I find myself watching people who are going out with their campers in either sub-zero weather or something else and they have their little dog with them and it feels so comfortable they're all alone some of them even have like a gaming uh, console with them out there and to bring this little there's something so cozy about being able to and, and some people will go and build their themselves a little cabin in the woods something small nice but functional they have a little uh, pot belly stove in there i love what uh, i love seeing what they're cooking in their little stove or oven uh, they make themselves nice little meals there's a snowstorm raging outside but there they are in their little six by six or whatever the hell it is six by eight um, camper or a tent or something like that and they're dry and warm and uh, a little entertained it's almost like there's a little pinprick of civilization inside of all of that chaotic wilderness and that is cozy to me a little pinprick of civilization creature comforts with man's best friend the dog right there in there with you and i i i stumble upon that stuff and of course because i press play all the algorithms give me more and more and i know a lot of people are doing it they're they're watching that that's why um i remember telling you guys and gals a couple of years ago it feels like a couple of years ago but it might have been sooner because he's grown so fast. But the guy Dwayne from Dry Creek Ranger uh, Wrangler School, Dry Creek Wrangler School, and I've been putting his his stuff into network rotation for a while now. Just a guy. I think he lives in Tennessee or Kentucky right now, but obviously he's been around, uh, happily married, kids works uh, as a uh, as a, uh, a cowboy but also has had such a really incredible I don't know he's done a lot he's been a lot of places but he's so calm in his demeanor and he'll just sit there on his uh, in his his ranch 
and he'll talk to you, and sometimes he'll talk to you about different saddles to use on his horses and in certain situations and really talk shop about his profession there on his ranch. Um, but other days, he'll just sit down with a cigar, and he'll talk about life. He'll talk about going with the flow. He'll talk about, you know, uh, not giving up or whatever it is. And he, you, you, it, it, you know why that, that uh, stuff grows so quickly? Because, because, because people are just, they're not looking for a new source of news. People aren't looking for a new podcast to talk about what the headlines of the day are. They're looking for a fucking escape. And they're finding it. And I, 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 that's the best stuff out there. Really is. Now, we have, a, we have been blessed with, uh, with a lot of great friendships. People who have been doing news from different angles over the years in, in really great ways. So it's great to bring them on to get, you know, uh, encapsulated bits of information and stories that are developing right now. What Corey does, what Jason Burmis does, we'll be doing, we'll talking to him tomorrow. Our little uh, monthly visits from people like Rich Barris. But everything in between, man, come on. Let's have that cool drink of water and relax. We gotta. We really do. Does anybody out there watch uh, Dry Creek Rangers uh, Wrangler School since um, since we've been bringing that up? You definitely should take a look at that if you haven't. Very calming stuff. Uh, all right, uh, Stowe Stoop says wonderful Wednesday guest tonight, Frank. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Stowe Stoop, and to the wonderful Stoop family. And I also would like to say to everybody out there who have sent uh, Christmas cards who has not gotten a response back yet. Uh, just give us a little bit more time. We ordered 100 of our family Christmas cards. They, uh, we sent out the last one of those first 100 batches, uh, the 100 batch, um, just before New Year's Eve. Taking a little bit, as soon as the next 75, we ordered another 75 being printed. As soon as they're in, we'll be writing our thank yous and our love yous and all that stuff and sending them out to you uh, to show our gratitude for all of the wonderful love and support that came in over the Christmas season. So if you get them a little bit midway through January, don't worry, we don't leave anybody out. It's just that very blessed to have that much come in and have that much go out. So we had to reorder new cards. Um, here is a super chat from Incompetent Hands, one of my faves. Frank, my prediction for 2023, you mean 24? I'm just going to edit that and say 24. My prediction for 2024 is that Tim Poole will forgive my bald joke, my bald joke, and invite you back on IRL, but he won't read any of my super chats. Jake A, may you and yours have a blessed year. P.S. My new favorite shirt has this very cool guy on the front of it. I tell you his name, but let me guess, no names, no names, no names. My mother brought, bought two shirts. She bought a, a medium and a large. The large is for Tony. He's going to be swimming in it like a nightgown. Um, but I have to, she said, hey, you want to wear the, the medium? I said, no, don't worry about it. I'm going to go buy myself a, a large myself. It, it's really a badass shirt. It really is. Adrian at Rise Attire really knocked it out of the park with a design. And um, so seriously, go go check it out. And I have to get myself one too. 
And thank you, incompetent hands. Can you imagine if that's the reason why uh, Tim has not uh, responded to me at all in the over a year since I was on the show? And I think I had a pretty successful appearance. Um, I, I didn't see any negative comments in, those, in that comment section. And I, I took a look at it once I got back to the hotel room that night. You got to. You're just kind of basking in the glow. But not one acknowledgement since. I said, was it? You know, I didn't set it up. I didn't set up that uh, super chat. Anyway, it's all right. I, I forgive you, incompetent hands. You got to do what you got to do. Lease Breaker. Lease Breaker. Good to see Lease Breaker again. Says, I actually identify as a BCP now. Now that I think about it. Anyway, BCP, a smart man. He reminds me of uh, Andrew Tate with that flow response. Once you're in that flow, do whatever it takes to keep flowing. BCP times Frankly times Tate interview soon. That would be sick. Uh, I don't think that um, becoming friends with Andrew Tate is in my future. Uh, if if for no other reason, then he's just on a he's just on a, a couple of plateaus uh, up and has already essentially found his his cafeteria table. But other than that, I don't know. I you know I it would have been a great story for the show. I had him, I had him about to come on the show three maybe three years ago three or four i don't know what the hell it was. when the, when did the whole amc gamestop thing pop off was that 2021 anyway it was before he went crazy with the, with all the media and stuff uh it was around it was around the time that it was the uh, the gamestop stuff really popped off let me see just make sure that i know uh, i'm watching everybody um it was, I don't know, whatever the hell that was. I feel like it was around February of 21 or something. And I got uh, I got in touch with Andrew Tate on Twitter because I had just seen him talking about the the GameStop thing. And I thought I thought he was pretty funny. You know how he was just telling everybody to hold, you know, hold the line, and he was, he, you know, he dropped that line, "Diamond hands." He said, "Diamond hands," or something like that. You know, don't sell, buy more. I'm putting more into it. Let's just do this. Let's take a, you know, and I thought that was, I thought that was hilarious. So I reached out to him. I said, "Hey, you want, want to come on?" He said, "Sure, yeah. What, what's the, what's the show? What's the night? Blah blah blah." And it just fizzled. I, I, I think I don't. Uh, I think I was. I think I failed to follow up. Or something distracted me. I don't know. So that would have been something. Andrew Tate, before he blew up, that could have happened on this show. And also, John McAfee, twice he was on the schedule. The first time he canceled, the second time I canceled. And um, and and I don't do a lot of canceling. Just some things were uh, not, not jiving at the time and... Man, those could have been some memories. But we've made a lot of memories. I think we've made a lot of memories. Despite it all. Thank you. Okay, over on Rumble, we got some Rumble rants here. First one up is from Snowy Baby. Snowy Baby says, I love your show. I love you, Snowy Baby. And I hope that it snows this weekend because my baby, Aurora, Aurora Rose, 
said, you want to make snow angels? I said, yes. So I hope it snows like the Dickens. Because I got snow angels to make, damn it. 925YLG said, nine. Mer Essen. Punctuation matters. I don't know. I think he's speaking German. Punctuation matters. Also, mRNA and all of the cattle. Deagle, 2025, 50 million. Uh, does that have to do with... So, I, I don't know. Like I said, the, the, the Deagle 2025 report, when it was published, they said that the, the, major, the major impact on the population was going to be economic in nature. So I don't know if that's been updated or if the Deagle people have said have addressed that at all. But uh, I mean, there's a lot of excess death out there, a lot. And like I said, I I don't know how many of you believe. I mean, is the eight billion population of the world number something that can be trusted? Uh, is every I, I don't know. Um, just one of those things I wonder about. Let's see, quite Guinea Dam said 925 wild g and now we have one from mike's miss 321 it says my dad worked at nasa between 60 1960 and 80 for chrysler company rocket division rocket division of chrysler engineer in gemini mercury saturn and shuttle missions was in blockhouse uh when apollo one burned i found some of his notes from his shuttle work really Mike's uh, Mike's miss. Is there anything in those uh, those notes about the Earth being flat? I know a lot of people who would like to know right now. It's a burning question in their mind. All right, over on uh, let's let's open up the lines here. Nine one four two zero 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 two six nine. Give me a call, and in the meantime, I'm going to read through your gold pills. Joe M. God bless Franklys. I yes. God bless them all. Robert Sarn says, screw the flight logs. We want the tapes and the arrests. I, 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 I would imagine that's what we're going to be talking about tomorrow. All of the blackmail tapes. The things that were taken out of the house, in, uh, out of the townhouse, the, the brownstone in New York City. Oh, what an exciting time it was between 2017 and 2019. What an exciting time! Right there into the uh, in, into August of 2019, we had a uh, a blackout in New York City. Uh, right around the time that Epstein is, you know, uh, being you know uh, apprehended and killed, and this oh man, it was so exciting those two and a half years. So damn exciting. Let's see. Um, Sean Joe, thank you. Sean Joe, thank you for another uh, subscription there. First time keeper just claimed a uh, a subscription that Sean Joe put out. You guys are so nice. So, so nice. Thank you, Secret Weapon. Thank you, uh, Jay. Sal says, you the best, Frank. No, you. Karen Hair 7 just threw a whole sleeve of cookies out there. Bacon slut washed it down with a can of something. Thank you, Sean Joe again, River Pike. Um, Val Hal, three-month bronze uh, tier subscription. And you guys know what those those chat room subscriptions on Foxhole mean on quite frankly.tv and pilled. It means that you are a 
subscriber of the show you are a sponsor of the show there are four ways that you can sponsor the show patreon subscribe star uh squarespace and through the chat room on foxhole that means that all those people who just bought themselves subscriptions and claimed subscriptions for the next couple of months they are going to be given all of the private links to the sunday streams to the book clubs all of that stuff you are as legit as it gets okay now for all of you specialty tiers you got to go to subscribe star and uh that is going to be big for the next couple of months khaleesi thank you Esther G says, Matt, help me figure out my, quite frankly, subscription. You have my support, Frankie. Matt is the best. She's talking about Matt from, from Pilled. I'm telling you, um, w- no matter what happens in the future with the, the exclusivity that we have in the second half on Pilled.net, Pilled, for as long as they exist, and I may they exist forever, they are going to be the home of, quite frankly, .tv, my preferred way of watching the show and also our network and for everybody who has issues just remember if you encounter a problem this is the one opportunity you have to talk to the owner of a of a of a platform that is looking for people's feedback to be able to improve the service you can be a part of that and as far as new media goes that's extremely important to have these little these little uh hideaways that we can call home safely and thank you, Amethyst Cat, and Nina Rocks, and 23Anon, and Paulie9363 says, I block a lot of thought on X. Yeah, there's a lot of thought on X, Paulie. NJSF, apropos, is serenity prayer. God grant me the serenity to accept those things I cannot change, and the wisdom to know the difference. Uh, thank you so much for that, NJ. The Sentinel just signed up for the Corey's Diggs newsletter. Great guest, love BCP last night. We had to catch the replay. I'm going to look into her report on solar energy transmission from space. I sent you some articles about that last spring. We do need to know what their space plans are. Yes, we do. And I would say go into her archive, Corey's archive, because she has like a direct link to people like Catherine Austin Fitz. She is uh, friends with Catherine. And... Um, I hope through Corey or something one day I can talk to Catherine, but she's had some wonderful interviews with uh, with Fitz. Esther G, can I get one of your family cards for my birthday next week? Email the show, Esther. Email the show. Zoso Dude, Aurora was priceless in your early coffee morning video. Enjoy every second, brother. Zoso, I promise you I am. I see it going by fast, but I, I at the end of it, I am not going to have any regrets. None. I will be sad it's over, but I will not be burdened by the sadness of any regrets. I can't tell you how long it takes me to write a show because I am standing up from my desk and being led away to some part of the house by Aurora to pretend that I'm the beast, to pretend I'm a dog, to wrestle with her, to to just to you know feed her imagination, whatever it is. She leads me away from my desk and Every once in a while, I have to protest and say, I'll, I'll be right with you, honey. But um, nothing that I'm going to regret. I promise you that. Um, C. Blanche, our four cents, Swickly, and Zoso Dude. Thank you. And there's Zoso linking everybody to the subscribe star. 
which is um, very, very, very nice. I appreciate you all. All right. Nine one four two zero 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 two six nine. Um we only have twelve minutes left. I saw a few come in and out, but I was really on a roll with these and I didn't want to leave anything on the you know, too unanswered. So uh, I welcome you all back on with some thoughts that we had for the evening. Um and then the other thing I had here if we were we were gonna get around to it, is the Brownstone Institute. May we get into this just for a little bit, because I think this is interesting. We're talking about psychological abuse patterns and all that. Well, the Brownstone Institute did wonderful on a wonderful piece on counseling a gaslit nation. And it really just comes down to giving you the history of where the term gaslight actually came from. And it comes from a 1944 Ingrid Bergman movie that we're going to talk about. It's called Gaslight. Starring Charles Boyer, Ingrid Bergman was released to theaters to great success and acclaim. Its plot centers around a woman who is being manipulated by her husband to believe that she is becoming insane, even to the point where he uses her observation of gas lights dimming in her home as proof of her hallucinations or false memories. So impactful was the movie that it gave birth to the term gaslighting, which is a form of psychological abuse where a person causes someone else to question their sanity, memories, and perception of reality. People who experience gaslighting may be feel confused, anxious, or unable to trust themselves. It's one of the principal forms of abuse that a victim experiences at the hands of a malignant narcissist. Here's a little bit of that movie right now. I've tried so hard to keep it within these walls, my own house. Ah, because you would go out tonight, the whole of London knows it. If I could only get inside that brain of yours and understand what makes you do these crazy, twisted things. Gregory, are you trying to tell me I'm insane? It's what I'm trying not to tell myself. But that's what you think, isn't it? That's what you've been hinting and suggesting for months now, ever since. Hmm? Since what? Since the day I lost your brooch. Yes, that's when it all began. No, no. No, no, it began before that. The first day here when I found that letter. What letter? The one I found among the music from that man called Bowery. Sergius Bowery, yes, I remember. Yes, you're right. That's when it began. Yes. I can see you still, standing there and saying, look, look at this letter, and staring at nothing. What? You had nothing in your hand. What? I was staggered, but I didn't know then how much reason I had to be. I, I don't know, I, I, what, what reason? I didn't know I... then about your mother. What about my mother? Your mother was mad. She died in an asylum when you were a year old. That's not true. I've been making inquiries about Alice Alquist's sister. I've talked to the doctor who attended her. You'd like to see him? No. He described her symptoms to me. Do you like to hear them? Oh. It began with her imagining things, that she heard noises, footsteps, voices. And then the voices began to speak to her. And in the end, she died in an asylum with no brain at all. No, Yeah, I know there's more. There's been, I have not seen the full movie. I have not. 
but I, I did know that this is where it came from. And when Brownstone did an article on this, I said, oh, I got to jump in on it because they, they really write very concise, wonderful uh, articles. So as they continue there, this scene depicts narcissistic abuse came to mind as Google's no doubt maliciously programmed algorithm decided that I needed to see the following headline. And it's a headline from Fortune. The headline is, Americans are upset about surviving a pandemic and paying for the privilege. They want these prices to be back where they were. Most Americans say, uh, most Americans, says Lisa Cook of the Federal Reserve, uh, said, are not just looking for uh, disinflation, they're looking for deflation. The article itself includes a parade of experts subtly saying that people are crazy for thinking there is even a problem at all. For example, take this snippet here. This is from the, uh, the Fortune, the Fortune uh, article. Even for people whose incomes have kept pace with prices, research has long found that people hate inflation more intently than its economic impact would suggest. Most people do not expect their pay to keep up with the rising prices. Even if it does, the higher pay may come with a time lag. Quote, they're obsessing over the fact that the prices they pay for things that are very salient, gas, food, grocery store prices, rent, etc. Those things still seem elevated, even though they're not increasing as rapidly as they were, said Hirschbein. Since the abusiveness of the article in question is so very subtle, I thought it'd be better to summarize in the manner of the scene from Gaslight, as if in those powers were speaking to America. Here you go. They, uh, and, and this is another reason why I love Brownstone. Oh, America, if we could only get inside that brain of yours and understand what makes you do these crazy, twisted things, do you not remember how terrified you were after we showed you those images from Bergamo and New York City? How you begged us your betters for your safety? How we lovingly allowed you to stay home and order things to be delivered with the government checks which you cashed? How, um, how we brought you safely back into the world with our gift of muzzles and injections? The fact that you are even alive today is a cre credit to our brilliance and care for you. And all you can do is complain about the prices of food and energy. How ungrateful. And they went on to go, What a small price to pay for your survival, your ingratitude. It shows itself even more by your demands that prices return to what they were in 2019. Do you not understand how dangerous and hurtful deflation is to us, your loving caretakers? They go on and on. How you should be so lucky. And that's really what we've got going on here, too, um, with everything else. And that's the kind of the thing when, you, when you're able to see that and you're actually able to make sense of that kind of gaslighting, it doesn't make it that much different. Um, or easy because then the uh the other side of that is when you realize how much the people around you just take it hook line and sinker and they internalize it all which is why i said before with the um with the whole attempt to gaslight on the harvard story with claudine gay was just that it was an attempt to gaslight because i mean that's just i'm not internalizing that i'm not internalizing that at all uh, you know, I, I think that the only people who are internalizing this uh, this idea that white supremacy is the reason why uh, Claudine Gay, a mealy-mouthed political appointee who habitually appropriates other people's work, um, that that is the, that the white supremacy is the reason why she had been forced to resign. 
Okay, now I'm not internalizing that. I don't know anybody else's either. I think it's a uh, a really weak attempt at trying to, you know, uh, make people feel like, oh, wow, maybe we really are the problem. The only people I think who are taking this on are, are, are white liberals. That's all. They love that. They're, they're sadists in that way, masochists. They're mad who are really just mad because their attempt to cover up Claudine's issues failed. So, you know, it's all around us. And that's why you got to be able to um, find your flow, get some good perspective, and, uh, and um, you know, at the end of the day, let it go. Find something to put your time into that, that really gives back to you. So that's all I have. That's all I have. It was a good evening. And maybe tomorrow, better off that tomorrow we take some calls after Jason Burmis is on, and, uh, and that'll be nice in itself. I'm going to release that scratching right now. And uh, and make sure that I have everything else. There you go. There you go. Uh, Tom Ford just came in on, quite frankly, superchat.com. And Tom said, dude, you literally nailed the reason I'm stepping back. When he described how because of the black-pilled part of audience, you're bringing the show direction out more and more away from the monotony of human degeneracy on literally every level. Really resonated. Bravo. Well, um... Stepping back is, uh, yeah, you know, you don't have to give up to let go. That's it's a it's a that's a line that I really love from the uh, the the that um, FC Hailing song that I love. You don't have to give up to let go. Remember that. It's you know letting go of the of the uh, of the the outcome like you remember when everybody i would get people calling in frank you really got to read these q drops that just uh, were published last night you know you have to understand you're not really grasping the magnitude of this i said listen listen uh if you're right then it's going to be very very apparent and there's going to be no denying it there's not going to be any way for people to be split on the issue because we're going to see people carted off in chains the one thing I will tell you right now is you're not going to be there given the honors to clap the irons on John Podesta. You're not going to clap the irons on John Podesta. You have nothing you have nothing invested in the outcome of that. Obviously, if it happens, the world would be a uh, much better place. We'd be at least tipping into the right direction, but um personal investment in the outcome, that's where you got to divest. And you got to put your time into other things like a book club, you know, not necessarily mine. Join a book club, go someplace, do something different, form another routine that is just not in the Internet. Not in the Internet, you know, uh, and that's another reason why I gleefully take the hand of my little daughter whenever she leads me away from the computer. Sure, it adds about two and a half hours of work to my day. No doubt about it. Adds another two and a half hours of work that I don't need to do. I can get it done a lot quicker. But, um, oh man, to stand up from that seat and not look at the shit I'm looking at. That and of course just picking different subject matter, which is what we're doing. Dude, you literally nailed the reason I'm stepping back. When described how because of the black-pilled part of the audience, you're bringing the show to the direction out more and more away from the monotony of human degeneracy on literally every level, level really resonated. Well, I, uh, I hope you enjoy it, uh, Tom. 
you know, the degeneracy will be waiting for us. And it hopes that we go and knock on that door because it feeds. But um, and we'll we'll check in because there's always jokes to be made and there's always things that need to be just updated. You got to just know. But um, that can't be the focus. Can't be the focus. And you can tell because I said the 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 demand is elsewhere. You watch where people are subscribing to things on the internet. The demand is elsewhere. It's starting to lead elsewhere. So I think we're in a good position to, and we always have been in a good position to stay flexible in that respect. That's all I have for you. Thank you so much. Give me a uh, give me a buzz on email. Quite frankly, podcast at gmail.com. Let me know how your day, your week is going, anything you want to add to a show. Become a sponsor. Uh, on the sponsors tab on quitefrankly.tv. The link to the subscribe star is there. Uh, good things happen when we get to around the 80% funded area. That is when um, that's when a lot of a lot of doors can open up and uh, to independence, no doubt. And thank you guys and gals. I will talk to you tomorrow. Jason Burmis will be my guest starting at 7 o'clock. Don't go anywhere. Well, I mean, you can go somewhere. Like I said, I'll have some nice after-hour stuff coming on in a little while. Going to get home, get things ready. And uh, I want to throw a few things up that'll be uh, nice and, and spooky for the evening. So I'll talk to you soon. Goodbye. I'll catch you on the flip side. Quite frankly, is filmed before a live studio audience. Now our super chatters, starting with Tom Ford, Jay Britz, Stostube, Jay Britz, Incompetent Hands, and Lease Breaker. Thank you to all of our gold pillars, to all of our rumble ranters. I love you all, and I'll see you tomorrow. Good night. Chinaman goes to uh, to see the eye doctor. After the exam, the doctor says, I know why you're having trouble. Chinaman says, why? Doctor says, you have a cataract. The Chinaman says, no, I have a rink in continental. You don't get it? I get it. He drives a Lincoln. What? <laughs>